A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to another Top 10 Debate. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to talk about embarrassing times wrestlers tried to be funny. <laughs> but before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, we have interviews, all roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to discuss his article, which is available to read right now at whatculture.com. Ten embarrassing times wrestlers tried to be funny. Sidge, does wrestling ever really make you laugh out loud aside from the botches, and, and what was the catalyst behind this list? There's a curve for pro wrestling comedy where I can laugh at things that pro wrestlers say, particularly like a really cruel heel promo. Big fan of them. Huge fan of them. Certain slapstick moments delight me. Kenny Omega versus the nine-year-old girl is an absolute comedy masterpiece. Seek that out if you haven't already. I mean, it's gone particularly viral, and it's weaponized against him. It shouldn't be. It just proves his absolutely immaculate range. But pro wrestling is one of those things in terms of the comedy where if you situate it in a different context, like an actual comedy show, those gags, more often than not, don't pass the muster. None of them in WWE do, which we'll get to. I think it's a WWE exclusive list. Genuinely, the one comedy skit I can recall from the top of my head where I thought the craft of this, the delivery, the way the punchline evolves and how it adheres immaculately to the rule of three... So I first fell in love with uh, Mr. Brody Lee in the revi uh, revitalized, if you like, Dark Order. Who the fuck is Griff Garrison? They say that three times, and it's a rule of three. The first time is when Mr. Brody Lee points out to his dim-witted underlings, John Silver and Alex Reynolds, that they have not, in fact, recruited Jungle, Jungle Boy. Boy. Yeah. They have recruited someone with the exact same haircut, <laughs> as is revealed when they have their back when Garrison has his back to the air camera and he's wheeled around and Brody Lee, because he's the clever guy, he's the cerebral monster, instantly went, shut the... First off, that's our jungle boy. Right? Who is it? Fucking Griff Garrison. And then John Silver says, who the fuck is Griff Garrison? And Brody Lee goes, that's fucking Griff Garrison. <laughs> you idiots. And he goes, and he's just, he's pissed off because jungle boy would be quite the get for Dark Order. Because usually they just get geeks and creepers. Remember them? 
So he goes, fuck! <laughs> the loudest, most aggressive thing you've ever heard. And like, as Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David will tell you, people being angry, particularly if it's like an instant switch, is hilarious. Yes. So it's already funny. So we've already had one. Who the fuck's Griff Garrison? So Brody League's pissed off. In, or, in order to alleviate his fury, he just needs to hit someone with some papers. So he's asking for papers. He's asking for papers. And then he's going around and he's telling Eve Luna and Grace, and they got me Griff Garrison. The second, who the fuck is Griff Garrison, is said by Evil Uno. And he goes, very naively, which sets up the fact that he gets brutalized by these papers brilliantly. Like, naively, even sweetly, goes, hey, who the fuck is Griff Garrison? Brody Lee screams in his face, who the fuck is Griff Garrison? And just smashes him over the head. An absolutely superb bit of wrestling comedy, which is in direct contrast to what we are about to quickly summarize, the inspiration behind which was, the title really did numbers when I did badass <laughs> and then subsequently cool. So I then did embarrassing times wrestlers try to be funny. Now, I have to admit that I, I very rarely second guess your lists because, well, I just read them, to be perfectly honest. I, I'm not charged with the creative side of things. But I saw this list and I thought, one of our favorite bits for Pat has got to be on there. And it is top three, baby. Ember Moon, talk us through whatever this dialogue she was given was. She was in the midst of a feud with uh, Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville. Mm -hmm. At the time, nothing much has changed. Mandy Rose played the role of a hot girl who deserved to be on the cover and, in fact, was on the cover of magazines as a hot girl who did nothing but, you know, like, tan her ass or whatever hot girls do in this awful caricature imposed upon them by that absolute rat fink bastard Kevin Dunn. She didn't like it when her... Peers played video games, and she slapped the switch out of Ember Moon's hands and said, you don't need to be playing with superheroes on your little video game system. When she gives them the cover of the magazine they're going to promote on TV, you could read all about a superhero right here. <laughs> and Ember Moon, oh who God. doesn't like Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville very much, <laughs> says, and I... Don't know, because she's not the best promo, let's be honest. I don't know if she's so devoid of her comedic instinct or timing that this is meant to be a gag or she's meant to be genuinely pissed off. Mm -hmm. But Ember Moon, as we've co-opted in our patter, says, superhero, more like supervillain. <laughs> in what I genuinely believe, in Jesus Christ, is there a whole host of contenders, this might be the most awful scripted line in the history of WWE's creative writing, heavily scripted approach. How do you pitch this without thinking everyone's going to think I'm a hack bastard? More like supervillain. Uh -huh. Fear more. More like fearless. Oh, no, it's the way around. It? But yeah, we Ricochet it. last year when <laughs> champion, more like chump. Champ, more <laughs> like chump. How does this get through? Other than through Vince McMahon's absolutely adult, older mind to try and put it euphemistically. My God, I hate this so much. I don't know how one of these writers, and I've got a theory, which I'll launch into in a second. I don't know how any of these writers, unless they are totally talentless hacks, can possibly have the self-respect to pitch this particular framing of a joke. You know what's worse? It's when certain dickheads do it in a sort of, like, uh, sardonic way. Like, hmm, more like, uh, 
certain content creators like that bit, and I hate it, and I hate them. Yeah, I'd like to point out, when we do it, it's always a nod to this, basically. Yes. Any, and we, we any time it's this, more like the opposite of this. We laugh at how it gets through on WWE television. We do not earnestly like the construction of this joke. <laughs> more like supervillain. How is she a supervillain? How is she a supervillain? She broke a switch. She couldn't even get on telly. If she had a master plan to be a supervillain to take over WWE, Mandy Rose did a pretty terrible job of it. It reminds me of, for some reason of the bit, you remember in uh, Black Adder Goes Forth, where he's like trying to get off the, the front line and he, he's tried everything. He's even tried pretending to be bonkers and shoving pencils up his nose. And he's it's like, in an emergency, this is my last resort. I'm calling in this favor from this general that I helped many, many years ago. And he goes, all right, well, if it's the last thing you're going to have to do, shove some pencils up your nose and pretend to be bonkers. It's literally like, in, in emergency, break glass and the WWE writers are like, we need a good line to give someone. Yes. Smash, they open it up and it just says, blank, more like opposite of blank. And they're like, genius, right? Well, Vince will love that. And it gets through every goddamn time. Head of the table, more like feet of the chair. <laughs> That's what Drew McIntyre's going to say in about a month. Yeah, exactly. If Brock Lesnar doesn't squash him in Saudi. Um, join us for our uh, Saudi Arabia Crown Jewel live stream later on today. Myself and Bill Chambers doing that. Um, you referenced Triple H a couple of times he, in this list. It was written prior to his yes. massive cardiac event, so maybe. Oh God, these. The thing is, it's like he tries to outcall someone, and I ha I can't let it slide. I'm sorry. I'm sorry because well, I haven't seen a picture of him yet. That's not good. Hmm. But he, this is past. He can't just forgive all past indiscretions because of you know. Obviously, wishing well in his recovery. But this was just uh, just another example of Triple H being like, has to be the coolest guy in the room, isn't it? Yes. Triple H is... Give some context. I thought you were going to say something. Well, he's just... He doesn't like the fact that Rob Van Damme's got this natural charisma, natural likability, and he... He has to take the piss out of someone. He has to... Cut them down so he feels taller. And, you know, Rob Van Dam, there's some low-hanging fruit, let's just say there, with his extracurricular activities. We all know. We all know. Um, yeah, Triple H. The thing I hate most about him, God bless, Triple H on his recovery, is that he uh, kind of killed WWE's you know, chances of being good after the Attitude Era with his uh, massive hubris. And also, as I like to put it in certain articles, he plays the game on easy difficulty. He knows that he's got the power, the stroke, the sway, and he uses it to, as you say, try and be the coolest guy in the room. So when Kofi Kingston um, has a promo duel or is on his Survivor Series team, whatever the frick it was, he can just go off script and say, hey, whatever happened to your accent? And one, Kofi Kingston, because he's going to be job scared. Because if you upset Triple H, you will get fired or buried so deep into the core of the earth that you might as well not have a job there because you're not going to work there. Also, because he's not came up in a system in which, like, improvised banter and unscripted promos are encouraged. Luckily, mercifully, AEW has completely changed this. 
he started doing this with The Rock early on. Like, The Rock would walk back through the curtain and be like, I'm getting mugged off out there because I'm sticking to the script and he's going off script. He's always had previous for it, and then The Rock just annihilated him. He, uh, Triple H tried to do it with um, CM Punk because he was CM Punk did a line during the um, pre-SummerSlam 2011 contract signing with Cena. Someone should write a list about this, like, really good lines that people have said, and maybe that could be, like... Released yeah. on the website and then maybe you know translated into a video and someone great should probably voice that over as well. Absolutely, but just as a little teaser for that, and you probably remember this very well. Triple H about um, so CM Punk was talking how he's got a real movie star to let you all know the character of that is John Cena and it was the Rock via satellite. But before it was revealed to be the Rock via satellite, uh, Triple H went. Uh, CM Punk went. Oh, it's not you, by the way. Triple H, star of the chaperone, and uh, Triple H thinking, you know, big cock. I've won this one. Um, <laughs> Just said, oh, didn't catch your movie. How did that one do? And then CM Punk went, oh, I just went straight to DVD, just like yours. It's Fantastic. like he didn't have a movie. It was just some wonderfully abstract gag. And Triple H can't use self-deprecation. And CM Punk could willingly because he knows it was the way to win. Anyway, in a production meeting, as recounted by Paul London, Triple H tried to be funny when Rob Van Damme made a suggestion. And Triple H said something to the effect of... <laughs> Must be uh, having the munchies to suggest that. Must I think probably got that reaction. Yeah, you must be high to uh, suggest that. Maybe you should uh, satisfy those munchies. And uh, Rob Van Dam instantly called them out on it because he didn't give any fucks whatsoever. And he said, oh, because I get high, is it? Is it because I get high? <laughs> Bit lame, that. So, yeah, a little behind-the-scenes alleged riposte to Triple H trying to be funny. Like you say, we wish him well on his recovery, but we could probably write a 10-point list on this topic for I just mean, him. Taking into account, Embarrassing Times wrestlers try to be cool, one article, badass, second article, funny, he's probably on 22 of the entries <laughs> of those three 10-point lists. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, let's bring up switching gears. <laughs> let's bring it to Richard Fleer up to date uh, with uh, Ricochet. Not someone you'd anticipate would try to be funny. He's just naturally sensationally talented. Yeah, but he's not funny at all. <laughs> and then they occasionally give him 
stealing people's hat and coats. Remember the Seamus feud from earlier this year where he did precisely that? <laughs> when Seamus beat him on a kickoff show clean in the middle, thus condemning him to absolute nowhere town, like, he beat Ricochet on the kickoff of some friggin' pay-per-view or other. So if you're Ricochet in that situation, in storylines, right, as a character, you're probably thinking, well... Shouldn't have signed that contract extension until 2024 because my career is goosed. <laughs> and you're probably thinking, right, okay, if I'm going to gain momentum in this promotion, I should probably lick my wounds, train harder, and, you know, fight harder next time. But he didn't do that, did he, Ricochet? <laughs> Instead, he stole Seamus's Picky Blinders hat. And then, Wilborn, because this is an audio podcast, the listeners will never see this. Mm-hmm. what is promises to be an immortal moment. So I'm going to let you react. This is what Ricochet did on the uh, kickoff show of some pay-per-view or other. I've got an imaginary object here. Uh-huh. I'm going to pretend it's a hat. I'm going to do what Ricochet did, and you're going to sell it. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> oh, why isn't this a video podcast? Dance like a tit, like he's got the golden crown or something. He's just all of the <laughs> all of the dance moves to celebrate the fact that he's nicked a guy's hat, which is a story that they've cribbed from NXT. <laughs> it's not even my hat. It's not even my storyline involving a hat. It's not even my hat. It's Seamus's hat. <laughs> it's just. He did it with, was it Kushida and Cameron Grabs? Oh, my God. That will live in infamy and it hangs heavy in the cynical titty of Michael Sidgwick. How are you doing? Because I remember, we also used to do these podcasts that we're talking about in uh, AEW versus NXT. Mm-hmm. Wednesday Night War, they were all analyzed together. Yeah, we did back head to head back, battle. Yeah. And here's what happened. I was on Team AEW. Hamfoot was on Team NXT at the time. This is about December 2019. And uh, following full gear, AEW wasn't particularly great. Mm-hmm. Revolution, Revolution was far away. The top storylines hadn't heated up. There was a lot of nonsense involving the um, booking committee where they were all sort of stealing each other's homework with cult recruitments and the like. And Hamlet was like saying, NXT's better, NXT's better. And I'm thinking, it isn't. It isn't. And they're like... Arguments would ensue. Oh, I remember. And uh, so Hamlet would say, oh, what's Brandy Rhodes doing? It's Dark Order a lot. What, what's that? And I'm thinking, you know, just creative expression, isn't it? It's like, yeah, but the creative expression's bad. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Is there anything as bad on this show <laughs> as Kushida stealing Cameron Grimes's hat so they could arrive at the match? Because the problem with NXT... All along, and I was the first to say it, there's no substance to the storylines. There's no real entertainment factor to the storylines. There were, in fact, hardly any storylines. It was, oh, I'm going to steal your hat. Oh, that means we're going to have to have a banger with two really great wrestlers. And then people are going to have a little fap over it. Oh, look at the technicality in this banger in NXT. And it's like, well, there's no emotional investment. There's absolutely no reason for them to fight. Yeah. But, oh, three and three quarters. They are fighting over shampoo replaced with, they are fighting over a hat. I hope it's just a little uh, banger facilitator to get the little marks, thinking it's a great match. 
I call Mike Lamflet a mark. <laughs> uh, just certain wrestlers, uh, certain writers for certain other websites. Yeah, that's fair. And uh, yeah, then they did it with Ricochet uh, and Sheamus. And I, I wanted they, to die watching this. They're, they're both back on SmackDown now, if I'm not mistaken, following Crown Jewel. Yeah, I think. Maybe. Well, maybe uh, Sheamus can steal Ricochet's. Uh, I don't even have a character, <laughs> so yeah. I don't know what you could steal. Uh, you'll be ah, that remind that you should be given something then, shouldn't he? Mm. Because he hasn't got a what do you think? What do you think? Oh, I'm class. Wings. He's got those wings. Has he? Well, well he did, I actually did. Maybe thinking of his time in NXT. To be fair, maybe he should have wings again. Yeah, because Vince will be able to say he's a high flyer. What what can his thing be? Oh, he's gonna come out the wings. You've willed it into existence. Uh, let's talk about John Cena because uh, he's someone you know. Who made you want to die? <laughs> who's perfected? This is the nice thing I can say. Perfected the WWE promo. That's not. That's the most backhanded compliment. Yeah, it's not I a good thing. Give you, but in terms of, I've no doubt, and we've often reiterated this when they've been trying to, and we'll talk more about like other characters they've tried to mold into that John Cena mold because they can't just have. People be themselves you have to be the new John Cena or the new whatever Rock or whatever it may be. But I was about to say John Cena doesn't always hit, hit, hit out of the park. He rarely did. Like if we're perfectly honest, he'd ramble on about all these sorts of stuff. Fine we, speech, sir. I want you to just piss off to Hollywood. We'd get twenty minutes of an opening promo almost every week, and let's take us back to uh, twenty twelve. I used to think this year was good. Monday Night Raw, following over the limit, where he used an analogy about Star Wars to talk about the big show. I'm fairly certain as well. Not that Star Wars has never been culturally relevant. You will see spoofs of it all of the time. Like Family Guy did like the Star Wars special. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like well after the prequels and the sequels. Trust <laughs> WWE to do a Star Wars Beat, like what three years before the sequels yeah, came maybe. back to the cinemas like just when it was at one of its few vaguely cultural low points where it wasn't really in the zeitgeist that's when they do it they either just do they either do topical references that are no longer topical or the few topical references that they've heard of they will just shoehorn in a way that just isn't funny or has no point other than to do it. You see on NXT 2.0 all the time. Yeah, John Cena basically cut a promo in which he described uh, Vince McMahon as Yoda. Uh, Big Show was Chewbacca? Show Vader. Yeah, I was just going to say like, the big fat smelly animal, but I got the wrong <laughs> one. Show Vader. And apparently he did the... I can't even emulate the voices. But at one point, John Cena is... It's so funny that he actually pretends to crack up. And you've got Michael Cole going, <laughs> Oh, so he's it, he can't even get his own words out because the story he's telling is so, so funny. So funny. <laughs> Great funny. funny. Um, and he says something like that the steel cage was a Death Star. And it's like, no, it's not. It's a weapon. It's a weapon that you're meant to be able to survive, not escape. You're meant to survive it. It's meant to be a weapon. It's a fucking Death Star, you stupid con. Huh? <laughs> no chance in hell you have. Fired you are. Vince McMahon. They do this joke on the in-betweeners 
to show how unfunny one of the characters is. Yes. I was doing Yoda. Oh, right. Vince McMahon is worse with synonyms than Yoda is with syntax. So don't do that joke on me. Maybe it works. Maybe it's uh, cleverer than I thought. I hate John Cena. I need to cheer you up before the end of this. Oh, and also you talk about, yeah, tired, uh, out of date sort of things. They're literally going to give the Queen's Crown tournament to one person so they can get, yes, Queen over. Three years too late. Perfect personification of your point message. But let's conclude. Good. By talking. This is honestly making me ill, talking about WWE's <laughs> attempts at being funny. Let's stop talking about that Godzilla looking bastard. <laughs> this. I couldn't pinpoint this moment in my mind in terms of it being a real moment for me with Seth Rollins going, oh, this ain't it, brother. <laughs> what an absolutely massive gimp Seth Rollins was throughout 2019. Yeah. In, in every respect, social media, promos. Everyone's like, oh, he had to turn heel after Hell in a Cell. That match was just, because, you know, he was the, the next Magnum TA before that. And then, oh, the Hell in a Cell match and the finish was so bad that, you know, he had to get booed. He was such a dork throughout 2019. Social media absolutely pulled his own pants down. Like Abe Simpson. <laughs> Just embarrassment upon humiliation upon embarrassment. And when you're a WWE babyface, you have to welcome everyone and Monday Night Raw. <laughs> you have to like it's sort of transitioning into an intro and Dana Brooke isn't it, it is. it's like a morph of yeah. the two things welcome to Monday Night <laughs> so basically when you're the top face of the company and Seth Rollins somehow was in 2019 and people are saying you know what they should do Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns well I hope Roman Reigns turns baby face because this can't happen again god damn it god no and you have to like you're not a professional wrestler when you're the WWE Babyface Champion. You're a Saturday Night Live host. And I'm not talking about the good days of SNL. Nor McDonald, God rest his oh. soul. I'm talking about now and it sucks. And you have to, like, play to the crowd. Hey, guys, what's the, uh, what's the deal with TikTok, huh? <laughs> Is this thing on? And Seth Rollins was particularly awful. We praised... Drew McIntyre to the hilt for being able to do this without making that much of a dick of himself. Wading through the crap. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Seth Rollins just took a bigger dump on it, in my opinion. He was like, he was trying to do jokes. He was trying to play the room. <laughs> the fact, I know this is a visual thing yet again on this podcast, but I can visualize, I know we've got it in front of me, but I can visualize the hey. face that Seth Rollins pulls, he sort of juts his chin back, and he closes his eyes. This is what Lesnar looked like. It's like you'd been better if you'd have just done what Edge does. Just hold your breath for a bit and get a big vein sticking out of your forehead. No, don't go nuts. This is sub-Brian Gewirtz comedy that is written for The Rock's inimitable cadence. If you ask me... Or like, you know what I mean? Like that kind of... Like the, the, the thing is, when I think of like... We're trying to play the room and own the room. Like you think about him running through his Hell in a Cell opponents and just eviscerating every yeah. single one of the rest. He, like, he doesn't really say anything when you think about what he's taking down. the When he says Kurt Angle, 
He's like, I'm going to drink a big glass of milk and then maybe take three Viagra sort of thing. Yeah. That's quite, you know, a bit of an, an addition. I'm going to drink some Steve Wazers, listen to some Backstreet Boys, however. Undertaker, he just pulls a face. Yes. He just goes, rest in peace. Like that, right? But he can pull it off because he's The Rock. But everyone has to be The Rock because The Rock was over. Yes, and that's, this is the problem. It's a copy of a copy of a copy. Indeed, and Randy Orton was doing it in 2004, and then, God damn it, Seth Rollins oh, did it in yeah. 2019. Yeah. Babyface yeah. Orton. He even did the eyebrow. Uh, what Seth, was he? Oh, yeah. Seth Rollins in 2019 decides to mock Brock Lesnar because he's a stand-up comedian, except he isn't funny. So he's talking about uh, Brock Lesnar. He's going, hey, don't know about you guys, but uh, you seen this? You heard about this? Uh, Brock Lesnar. He's <laughs> a real Godzilla-looking bastard, if you ask me. And then he proceeds to just do, like, a caveman face. Yeah. And the worst thing about this... That's it. That's what I was trying to remember what Randy Orton's thing he's was. Because he's doing a... Um, triple H. Ooh, ooh, sma- oh, no, is it... Tri- yeah. Triple H. Yeah, Triple H. Smash things. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Sort of thing. Yeah. Jesus. And, and the worst thing about it is that when you see Seth Rollins, I almost feel sorry for him. Like, what a pitiable puppet he is. Because when you see Seth Rollins do that specific face, you can imagine Vince McMahon directing him in the production meeting, the creative meeting, in their little one-to-one. Mm, yeah. You got to do this. <laughs> it's funny, pal. And I can just see the death of expression written all over that mug's Face. And you can also imagine, because like you say, this didn't land. I remember it. I remember he's going, what the f*** are you on about? Sort of thing. And, uh... I've seen better landings in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> and you can just imagine him walking back up the ramp, going, what the f*** is that? Walks through Gorilla. Huge standing ovation. He's laughing. So everyone, all the other, you know, kiss-ass yes-men. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. He did the... God, they looking <laughs> at the... <laughs> It was funny, Vince. It wasn't. Oh, my life. Like, it's just, it's, it's, you know, falling off stage on the school play and your mum going, it was brilliant, that performance. It was fantastic. It's like, you know, this is just an empty compliment. And yeah, uh, well, there's probably lots more to come in the way of this. Uh, and uh, the back and forth on the road to Survivor Series and brand warfare. More of this sort of thing. Biggie. He's one of the only people who can get this sort of thing over. Yes. Think about how much better he would be if he didn't have to. Exactly. I sense we could talk about this for the whole day. Go and read the rest of the article, though. Uh, Ten embarrassing times wrestlers tried to be funny. I sense there's a ten more as well in this this list if you can bring yourself to do it one day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But let us know your thoughts on everything we've discussed on Twitter at WhatCultureWW. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE and make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts including our review of Crown Jewel which is of course coming later on today. But for now... Thanks to Michael Sidgwick, the author of this fantastic list. Ten embarrassing times wrestlers tried to be funny. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.